this is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, we Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, we Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, we Marking Out, y'all. Spread it like this. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, we Marking Out, y'all. We Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 672. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Raven. You can go check us out collectively as Marking Out, MarkingOut.com. Also give us a listen on Spotify, over on Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you may be listening to your podcasts. Make sure you give us a rating. Give us a review as well. Buy a t-shirt, ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Give us a follow on Instagram, MarkinOut11. Give us a follow on Twitter at MarkinOut. Check us out on Twitch, on TikTok, and give us a like over on Facebook as well. But you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at DavidPTDPT. You can follow Brandon at BTTG161. And also, you can follow Chris over on Twitter at Chris Sweendog and CM Sweeney85 over on Instagram. But that being said, this is episode 672. And Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Doing fantastic. How was your week? My week was fine. I didn't do much. I watched the Barbie movie. Did you Uh watch it? And how was that? Did you watch it at all? No. No. First of all, Max changed their whole layout for it. They Mm -hmm. made the whole layout pink and and everyone was so hyped about this movie. I think it's beyond mid. I get the story, but I felt like there was a big chunk missing. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I've seen a few people feel the same way as me on this. But overall, people mark out over this hard. They just released like a Christmas LP and everything. Yeah, I saw they just released the Christmas stuff. I watched this. I thought it was going to be so much better. John Cena's in it, so it's a a fun cameo there. But Mm -hmm. I was expecting so much more from this. I don't know. I'm not really expecting anything from the Barbie movie. You know, I think that it's just going to be a, to me, a low-key comedy. And it's certainly not a children's film. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna see it unless like it's on Max. You have with Max. You says, yeah, but I just don't care to see it. Wow. I mean, <laughs> one of the biggest movies be- of the year. Yeah, there's better things out there that I want to watch. Well, how was your I'm... week? My week was uh, awesome. It was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun. Ended up going to see Monty Python spam a lot on Broadway, and it was really hilarious. Very very funny. Uh, it didn't it didn't feel like it dragged at all. Um, it had a lot of lot of lot of your jokes that took place in Monty Python. It followed King Arthur and the Search for the Holy Grail, but there's so much taking place in between that's hilarious. Um, the cast was very talented. The dancing was incredible. The singing incredible. The acting and act just unbelievable. Um, got to see the lead actor of the SpongeBob play. 
Um, I forgot his name, Ethan. Uh, yeah, Ethan something. Yeah, uh, apparently he's dating Ariana Grande yeah. right now. He looks like Ariana Grande's brother. Huh, I haven't seen a picture of her brother. But, yeah, uh, there was that guy from SNL that was in the cast, Taron. Taron Um Yeah, very funny. Um, un- unfortunately, James Monroe uh, wasn't the king uh portraying king arthur when i got to see it i did see a matinee which i was totally fine with um but he wasn't portraying king arthur which is okay i mean and the lead actress who was originally in hamilton she wasn't in her spot it was both the under understudies but the understudies did fantastic it was unbelievable um something that i really liked at the theater was for your drinks for they gave you a souvenir cup, which is really cool. I think Usually, I feel place. like I don't know when I went to go see Aladdin, they didn't have a souvenir cup. I don't believe Aladdin. Um, yeah, Aladdin. I'm pretty sure did though. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't notice it. Well, they had a souvenir cup for Spamalot, but what was really cool is that for refills, it's four to six dollars reduced price. So that was really cool. Um, I did get to meet the lead actress. Uh, that was really cool. Um, outside, my sister wanted to do the stage door stuff. So met her and then ended up meeting in another actor on the streets. Uh, he was, uh, he's one of the ensemble dancers for Sweeney Todd, uh, which was pretty cool. I am, by the um, way, after looking that, it up. It it is a uh, they do have a collector's cup for Aladdin, but I don't know if it was additional fee. Yeah, I think it was like because I think when I went, yeah. I, I was on the fence about getting that. Maybe that's the thing over here. Everything was in the souvenir cup. There was no additional fee for the souvenir cup. It was just straight up. Here's your unless drink. maybe I just wasn't getting a soda from Aladdin. That's the thing. I I don't. Rem- I feel like they were charging for a souvenir cup. Was it a but... like a beer stein or no? No, no. It was just like a small a plastic tumbler, pretty much. Right. Just your just a really plastic tumbler. Um, but even still, it was cool to get something in return. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. That was just hilarious. I would definitely highly suggest seeing Spamalot if you haven't seen it. If you like. Mel Brooks, if you like that humor of Mel Monty Brooks. Python. What? Yeah, I, I put it all on that, that sort Not of... Not even a, similar. Mel Brooks is I funny. I, <laughs> I, I put it all on the slapstick kind of a comedy. I feel like it's they're, they're all very similar with slapstick comedy. So that's why I bring up Mel Brooks. He is mentioned in the play as well. I, I do understand the comparison, though. Yeah, it, but I mean, Monty Python, if you know all the Monty Python jokes and humor... They're all included in it. Oh, look at it me. It was I'm hilarious. A I'm a bird flying backwards. <laughs> they had everything. Um, Did you get food after, after that, or no? Yeah, we ended up going to Five Napkin Burger, uh, which is always delicious. I haven't had a bad meal there. Last time I got the grilled chicken sandwich, which was, which was delicious. This time I got a turkey burger, <laughs> which, which was delicious. You go to a, a burger joint, you get chicken and turkey. <laughs> well, that's well. The thing is, I'm not big with getting the burgers anymore because of how much they overstuff the burgers. 
Um, in a lot of the in a lot of these places, they just really overstuff the burgers. I feel, and I'm not a big fan of overstuffing it. So, but yeah, it was it was great. It was enjoyable. It was for my dad's birthday uh, celebration. Um, and then, let's see. Besides that, which was really really awesome. Everybody should check out Spamlot and Five Napkin Burgers. Then. Besides it's that, five napkin burger, by the way. Yeah, five napkin burger. Yeah. Um, I think that that was it. I think that was it. My parents actually went to go see the Danny DeVito play yesterday. Mm. As well, the I Need That. Um, I saw after, I, I, on TikTok, I saw people waiting outside the stage door. Mm-hmm. And he was like signing whatever. Yeah. But I don't think he was posing for cool. pictures. Mm-hmm. So that's you probably have like, to get like, yeah, you probably have to. I, get, I like, think a it selfie. was like, oh, like yeah, like take it while I'm signing or something. But yeah, not everybody could be as good as a uh, James McFarlane. Who? All right, the guy that we met for. Uh, <laughs> Do you mean Mc... Todd? <laughs> Tom, Todd? Todd, Todd McFarlane, Todd McFarlane. Todd. The top. Brian yeah, Cranston was uh, was very very good with that. He he took the selfie. Oh really? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Todd McFarlane had it down pat where he was just like, just tell me when to look up. Yeah. And besides, when he's not doing that, he's just signing the autographs. He's like, you're just like, look up, and he looks up, smiles, and then goes back down signing autographs. Right. Um, that Danny DeVito show looks really good. I would have uh, I would have liked to have seen it. Yeah, it comes off Broadway next week. I did see him next on week Broadway. The... Did you? Yeah, but we didn't wait to to meet them afterwards. Um, why not? I don't know. I don't remember why not. That was uh, Arthur like... Miller's The Price. Hmm. Apparently, in this one, uh, also starring in it is his daughter. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, and Rhea per- uh, Perlman's daughter, um, which is. Pretty cool, you know. But yeah, she's yeah. all over TikTok as well. What for? Uh, I, well, if it's the same daughter, it's just she does TikTok. Oh, okay. So it's just like she's a TikToker. No, I mean she shares her life on TikTok. Oh, all right. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Again, if it's if it's the the younger daughter. Hmm. That I couldn't even tell you. Oh no, the older but, daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you. But even still, very cool. If you get to the chance to go see anything on Broadway, I highly suggest to everybody go support the theater. You know, always incredible. But you ever do lottery? No. Why? Because I don't go to see Broadway shows. I would love to do that stuff, but <laughs> I right. don't. I don't do it. Yeah, I had a patient tell me how they always do lotteries. And I guess back in the day, this person saw, like, all of the, like, the original cast for Gypsy and all these people for almost nothing. Um, I'm like, I don't know. For lottery, you just have to sign up on a website and then they just let you know. Yeah, but it has to be within a certain certain amount of time and then uh, Mm -hmm. I guess you buy the ticket off of that. Yeah. I got to look into lottery tickets a little bit more often with it. But also, but, if you if you want, like, two tickets, you mm-hmm. can be split up. Ah. Oh. You're not guaranteed to sit together, so. 
Gotcha. It's just but again, if you're if you're doing house. the lottery, it doesn't really. Mo- I, I'm sure it wouldn't matter. Yeah, it's like thirty to thirty five dollars for the ticket. You know? I don't know if it's always that though. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Oh, I'm sure it's not. I I don't. I can't say I'm sure, but I'm sure it, it's could be more expensive depending on the play. I don't think it's. I don't know because I've seen some people say like, "Oh, I thought I was getting a discount with this, and then I ended up paying the same prices as." somebody else so i i don't know how that stuff works yeah i have to look into it more but yeah so that was the weekends but let's talk about some pro wrestling and talk about some monday night raw monday night nitro kicked off with the judgment day looking really cool coming out all five of them with the uh the christmas background behind them i thought that was fun and then they all spoke, and our uh, truth showed up, still thinking he was in the group. He showed up with his own uh, tape over the shirt to add our truth in the in the shirt design. I thought that was funny. Uh, yeah. And then he thought that his beatdown last week was his initiation into the Judgment Day, and he spoke about how everybody in Judgment Day has people to beat up, and he needs someone. And he turned his focus to J.D. McDonough, and then... Our truth set up a match between him as if it wasn't advertised, and JD was like, "Truth, this has been advertised for a week now. Like it's already happening." And I thought that was really funny. Yeah, too, this is. So. And it's funny because I totally got worked on it because I texted you like right away. I'm like, "Why are they doing this? They already announced it." <laughs> and then, like, not even not even two seconds after I sent that to you, our truth is uh, JD McDonough's like, "We already announced the match." And I'm like, oh, okay. It's just R-Truth being R-Truth. And then R-Truth tried to make it a loser leaves Judgment Day match. And Damian Priest thought that was hilarious and and made it official. And then Mm -hmm. we go into the match. We see R-Truth. I almost said Ron Killings. R-Truth pick up the victory over J.D. McDonough in a Miracle on 34th street fight, which I never understand why they don't do that at the Garden. You're like... Mm-hmm. I don't know how many other venues are that close to an actual 34th Street. Not yeah. that MSG is on 34th, but it's literally right there. I feel like that's a no-brainer. But this was a fun match. This was R-Truth's first match back in over a year. So, that's, you was, know, and I, I nice forget that he back. injured it on NXT. Yeah, which was uh, crazy to... That's like a crazy stat, I think. Yeah. You know, but, but it was but it was like the standard Christmas street fight. Uh, R-Truth is just super over. Yeah. I like the part where R-Truth went to hug um, Dirty Dom, and then Dirty Dom pushes him into the bar- uh, the ring post. Yeah. I thought and, that was pretty funny. And Dominic tried to, to help JD McDonough, but R-Truth ended up landing on JD to low blow him off of a trip. Mm-hmm. And then JD ended up headbutting R-Truth on the top turnbuckle when R-Truth was sat on top and it knocked him out. R-Truth fell forward leading to JD McDonough to fall backwards and through a table. And R-Truth got the the victory off of that. And I thought that was such a clever finish. Yeah, I like the finish too, and I like the reaction of everybody, of like Dom and stuff like that. This was just a fun event. Usually the Miracle on 34th Street matches get like redundant because everything's Uh, the same. 
But I don't think, or we at had least for any, me, uh, we didn't have any eggnog this year. I don't think so either. But you know, like usually you'll have like somebody like Ziggler or somebody in that position. But well, unfortunately, for, yeah, no longer. Well, now he is a free agent officially. All of those guys, you know, like Mustafa Ali and stuff like that. They're all not all of them. Free. Apparently, Matt Riddle signed to MLW. Yeah, Riddle signed to MLW. Uh, so with every with apparently the clause being done, who knows who's going to be showing up in places? That that promo that Mustafa Ali put out today was really yeah. uh, exciting to see. You know. I, and I but, guess he's, he's putting everybody on notice. Matt Cardona, I think, was in there in a quick flash. Yeah, he's putting everybody on notice. So it's going to be God. It's going to be cool to see Mustafa Ali doing the rounds. And then know? in 2024, maybe they do try to sign back some of the people they released. So, oh yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think that even Ziggler will be back in the WWE at some point. But sometimes it sucks that he's not about to be in 2K24. That sucks so much. Yeah, it's definitely weird that he's yeah. not going to be too. But, you know, it, I think that it's going to be great for all of them and wishing them all the best. But, yeah, so with this matchup, what I liked was the additional aspect of if R-Truth uh, wins, he's a, uh, he's in the Judgment Day. I like that aspect adding to this instead of just a straightforward street fight. But a lot of fun. Someone who will be in WWE 2K24, I have to assume... Nia Jax came out uh, to cut a promo and couldn't even get a word out before Becky Lynch interrupted her. And just as Becky got into the ring, Nia Jax left the ring and announced that she was going to announce that she's entering the Royal Rumble. And Becky Lynch was like, I'm here right now. I'm looking for a fight. And Becky Lynch said that Nia Jax is ducking her because she's scared of being the person who lost to the man. The person who... I guess, yeah, the the man who was created mm-hmm. by Nia Jax. And then Nia Jax called for a referee, and she left before it started. And she said it'll happen on her in her hometown in two weeks at day one, which I messed up last week. I was looking at the 2023 calendar. Day one is, in fact, day one. It's New Year's Day. Yeah. It's not the second like I thought. So... <laughs> Day I, one I thought is that this was day one. Yeah, I thought that this was awesome once again. Nia Jax is dictating uh, the the rules of everything, you know. And then she brought up Becky Lynch's daughter, and uh, Becky attacked her, but Nia Jax left on top. Yeah, yeah, I thought this was awesome. Yeah. Next up, you had Gunther pick up the victory over the Miz to retain his Intercontinental Championship. Um. Miz had a, a quick interaction before the match with DIY. And uh, they had a quick interaction with Kofi Claus backstage. But uh, as far as the match goes, Miz, I think, went at Gunter harder than normal. Yeah. And then he was using moves that we don't normally see Miz use. So I'm like, I don't understand how people don't think Miz is good um yeah it's it's a it's a it's a dispute that shouldn't be a dispute if you're an actual not a mark i feel like only marks who are really full-blown behind miz not being a good wrestler 
But it is it is bizarre hearing the people going absolutely nuts for the Miz. Yeah. Like he hit a, a normal skull crushing finale, and I think they were chanting for one more time, if I'm not mistaken. And later on in the match, he he hit another one from the middle rope. And Gunter rolled out of the ring. So I thought that was a, a cool interaction there. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool interaction. Um, and then uh, Imperium backstage after the match, they were cheering for him basically for winning. And he yelled at them. They, he said that you have no right to be celebrating. It was me. Who did it? You guys have been losing. I'm stepping away for a few weeks. You better impress me. And then Kofi Claus showed up and gave them coal. And and uh, that sets up a, a match for them, basically. They attacked Kofi. Mm-hmm. So, also, during that match with, with Miz, Gunter hit a Rainmaker. And everybody on Twitter was like, oh... Maybe this is the WrestleMania match. No. I don't know. Maybe he takes the Intercontinental Championship from Gunter at WrestleMania. I can't. That'd be I can't a, that's a pretty that. big thing if like if you want to debut Okada. That's that would a be pretty huge. big thing. But when Imperium huge. when Imperium attacked Kofi Claus, Jey Uso made the save and it sets up a match where Jey Uso picks up the victory over Ludwig Kaiser. Jey, by the way, having a blurred Yeet shirt on WWE Shop is hilarious. I don't know how they did it. But yeah, it's, the blur. <laughs> it's really funny. But yeah. Giovanni Vinci got involved in this match multiple times. Kofi Kingston, who was saved by Jey Uso, left Jey Uso by himself. And eventually came out to to help and take out Giovanni Vinci. But why didn't Kofi just stay the whole time? I didn't understand that part either. Why not just stick around for it? I mean, it, it would make sense. I mean, he just made the save. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, it didn't make sense to me. After that, we have the American Nightmare Before Christmas, as read by Shinsuke Nakamura, which was an interesting thing. I don't know who actually wrote that segment, but it was certainly interesting. It fit the the cadence of the night the night before Twas the night before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, nah, um, it was some of good some segment. of the lines were were weird, but. Cody ended yeah. up attacking Nakamura after the story, and they ended up brawling into the crowd and out into the arena bowl. I, I'm a fan of this feud. I know some people are still not 100% on board with this. They feel like Kofi, uh, not Kofi, Cody is above this. But I don't mind this at all. I'm good by it. After that, Caden Carter and Katana Chance picked up the victory over Chelsea Green and Piper Niven to become the new tag team champions. Chelsea, I believe, told Adam Pierce that Piper was sick and they should not be in this match in the first place. But uh, he had them go into this match regardless, and they lost the championships. I, I, mean, I like enjoyed that there's this a match. Asterisk. Yeah. Um, what's the asterisk? Well, she was sick. sick. I don't know about yeah. that. But uh, I had a uh, we big pop for Chelsea hitting the Rough Rider. 
Yeah. Uh, but Piper Niven accidentally took Chelsea out during this match to give Caden Carter the upper hand. Uh, that was not the end of the match. And the save that Chelsea did after Chance and Carter hit their finisher, I thought was absolutely nuts. Because I thought we were about to see new tag team champions then. But Chelsea tagged in. She got hit with the after party and I guess maybe signature move. And then the after party where there be, would be their finisher. And she ended up picking up the, the, the loss. And I was not expecting them to win the championships. I'm very happy that they're champions. But I'm also sad at the same time. But Katana I'm, Chance. I'm okay with yeah, I'm, okay I'm, I'm fine them. with it I'm as okay well. I'm okay with them being champions. And they uh, they held the NXT titles this year as well, so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. You know, I think that uh, Carter and Chance deserve it. Plus, they have matching gear. Yeah, they did a segment with Kofi, uh, The Way, Tegan Knox, Natalia, Zoe Stark, and Shayna Baszler. They went to go party with The Way, and uh, Natty said that it looked like they'll need challengers and Shayna Baszler agreed so we're going to see that match next week I believe mm. yeah, it we, seems saw, like it. we saw Ivar pick up the victory over Tozawa Tozawa made this challenge yeah not the best challenge to be making uh, but it wasn't one sided he went all in at the start Ivar did overpower him but Tozawa he worked his quickness to gain the advantage in this match at, at different times that's and true. We saw, we saw Valhalla get involved, and Maxine fought with her. So that, I guess, took from maybe Tozawa winning. But Tozawa mm-hmm. tried to hurricane Rana Ivar off the top rope, and Ivar hit him with that world's strongest slam off the middle rope and picked up the victory off of that. Yeah. No, I think that it was really great. I think that the, the splash from the top was just incredible. Uh, yeah. Any time that that happens, I'm like... I don't know. I, I I I just I'm glued to the TV when he gets up there and he's about to splash someone. I just I mean, but I'm the same way with uh with Bronson Reed too. You know? Right. After that, Seth Rollins came out and he addressed Drew McIntyre. McIntyre showed up and he told Seth Rollins that he's proud of him. Because he's not turning a blind eye when it comes to CM Punk like everybody else is doing. And McIntyre spoke about his family and how he's going through some personal things and and he wants to be with them. But he also wants to be at at work, basically. And he doesn't Mm -hmm. want Seth's title. He needs Seth's Seth's title to know that all his sacrifices are worth it. Mm -hmm. And Seth ended up telling Drew that he pities him and Drew went to attack him. Seth saw it coming, but Drew McIntyre took over. And he hit Seth with the Alabama slam from the barricade onto the steel steps. Yeah, that was nasty. Still not saying Drew McIntyre's a heel here. I don't think he's... I mean, yes, he's a heel, but he's still kind of in the right. I I think that he's fully heel. I 100% think that he is the heel... Um, but there's a big difference. Like you said, he's in the right. So I feel like he is being, he got led into this madness of Drew McIntyre currently where you can't fault him for being the heel. 
He's been screwed. He tried to play by the rules, do everything right, uh, make the saves. He led the entire WWE on his back during the COVID era. He didn't have his his moment to shine was cut short um, when he was overseas. Uh, even though he got to celebrate with Tyson Fury, he was not champion. But if, um, if I see it, if I see Drew being correct, am I the bad guy also? <laughs> No, I think that's <laughs> entirely what they what they're supposed to be uh, having you viewed. You know, the guy has tried to do everything. Part of me thinks I I feel like it's such like a double edged sword because I feel like Seth Rollins and CM Punk, if they go to WrestleMania, I feel like that doesn't necessarily need the championship. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree but with you. I think it's also in the same sense, if it doesn't have the championship, I feel like it's not going to main event WrestleMania. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. But I would um, not mind if McIntyre at the Rumble or whatever paper at uh, day one beat Seth Rollins for that title. Was Cena Rock for the title? Cena Rock uh, in 2013 was. I feel like we've. WrestleMania I mean, we've seen WrestleMania was. I feel like we've seen WrestleMania's close with the main event not having the title online. Well, know? yeah, WrestleMania twenty eight wasn't. Also, obviously, Stone Cold and Kevin Owens. Yeah, so I. I mean, but I think Drew McIntyre right now. Everything I think that they have to cash in on this entire broken madness, Drew McIntyre, where he's just going to snap on everybody. He doesn't care about going by the rules or playing right anymore. He wants his championship back. He wants his spotlight. He doesn't care if people are behind him or not. He wants it back, and he deserves it. Yeah, so. Seth Rollins has done a fantastic job at building up this World Heavyweight Championship, and I would yeah. not mind at all if Drew McIntyre took that title on January 1st, 2024. I mean, within the past two months, Seth Rollins has been thrown into two of the most highly talked about Storylines in pro wrestling, one with CM Punk and one with Drew McIntyre. And you can 100% have CM Punk somehow cost Seth Rollins that title. Mm-hmm. Boom. That sets up their feud. Maybe it goes yeah. into the Rumble or something. Or, or then uh, CM Punk's whole thing, I want to main event WrestleMania. And then who comes out? Seth Rollins. Well, look who's boiling your milk. You want I mean, a main event WrestleMania? Boom. Over the top you go. You took that title from yeah. me. This is your fault. And then that, that leads to WrestleMania, I mean, everybody, of course. I mean, Drew McIntyre watched his championship victory at home. Yeah, you know, we could 100%, in front yeah, of 100% we could see McIntyre take that title. He goes in to defend it at, uh, at the Rumble. He could defend it at um, Elimination Chamber. Yeah, I don't think it has to be Seth Rollins. I don't think I really don't no. think Rollins versus Punk need that needs that championship. I agree. I don't think it's needed for the championship. Um, it's definitely it's definitely entertaining. We'll see what happens with everything. We saw the Judgment Day interacting with JD McDonough. Damian Priest laughed at him for losing to r Truth, and Dominic was like, "It could have been worse." And Rhea was like, "It's a bad look for for all of us." And then Priest was like, well, the stipulation was the stipulation. 
And uh, this was kind of like one of those leadership moments. And Rhea stopped Damian Priest and basically told him, like, no, JD's not out of the Judgment Day. And our truth is clearly not in the Judgment Day. We also have Rhea Ripley answering from an earlier promo earlier in the night to Ivy Nile. She's putting the title on the line at day one against Ivy. So we'll see that match, and we go to the main event. Will the Creeds walk out as champions? Will the Judgment Day walk out as champions? The Judgment Day obviously retained, and we saw Cody Rhodes speak to the Creeds earlier. That, like, pumped them up big time. They were very satisfied with that talk with Cody. But as far as the match goes, I thought this was a really good match. Rhea Ripley got involved. Ivy Nile took her out. Julius definitely kicked out at the end of this match. I don't know if that's going to end up being in a storyline that leads to them getting a title shot at day one or the rumble or something. But I thought this was a a very great end to Monday Night Raw. I agree. I think that the Creed's have really shown who they are to those that don't know them. I think that we've been exposed to them, or at least I've been exposed to them a lot more often now. Uh, Same thing with a lot of the fans that weren't familiar with them. Uh, they have a lot that they bring to the uh, to the table, a lot of endurance, a lot of fast-paced act, uh, action. Um, and I think that this matchup, it was it was awesome. It was really an awesome matchup. Yeah. But that was Monday Night Raw. Moving on to some NXT. Fallon Henley picked up the victory over Tiffany Stratton. And I can't say that I expected Tiffany Stratton to lose this. But at least it was like a quick victory out of nowhere. And uh, Tiffany Stratton attacked Fallon Henley afterwards. She brawled with her to the back and dumped garbage on her. And then she challenged uh, Fallon Henley to a match at New Year's Evil where if she wins, she'll have to be... uh, Fallon Henley will become Tiffany Stratton's servant. I like this. I like this little... uh, What's taking place with them? I feel like we saw that recently. Um, Didn't we? I don't recall. I'm not sure. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Tiffany Stratton and Fallon Henley, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. We saw Carmelo sure. Hayes and Trick Williams backstage where Carmelo, where does he get off on this, tried to pitch joining the, the New Year's Evil match to make it a triple threat? And Trick is like, why? I want to do this by myself. I want it to be one-on-one. Just like you had your opportunity one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And then we see Ilya Dragunov come out, go to the ring. And he said that he doesn't know how he got caught up in the Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes mess. But then he gets interrupted by Ridge Holland. And Ridge said that he's been struggling for the past few weeks. And he wants Ilya Dragunov to help rewrite his story. And he spoke about all the injuries and accidents and he's there to redeem himself. Dragonoff asked Rich Holland if he's asking for a title shot. And I think Rich Holland said no. He just wants to prove himself. And I feel like the injuries and accidents he was referring to in that segment would be like Big E, Elton Prince. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure if that's what it was. But it seemed like that's where they were leading with. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would, I assume that he was. Especially with to. the ending. So... 
Yeah. But uh, after that, we saw Lexus King pick up the victory over Dion Lennox to advance in the breakout tournament. I think, obviously, Lexus King was not losing this match. No. But Dion Lennox, I thought, looked good in this match. I thought it was a good showing for him, especially since he's only been training since February. I think he looked much better than what I would expect somebody with that short of a time training would look like. Yeah. No, he's he's been fantastic. I still want a uh, a better finisher from Lexus King, though. And uh, we saw Trey Bearhill show up afterwards with a chair to run Lexus King off. So maybe, hmm. maybe Bearhill will cost Lexus King the tournament, but I don't know if that'll happen or not. I uh, I don't know. I kind of can't see that happening but it could make sense because then it takes king out of the tournament uh with yeah, uh, without being in really... the finals anyway yeah, yeah so i, I could still could think obafemi could be the person winning this but i i wouldn't mind lexus king taking it i don't know i, I want to see femi well, after that, we saw a video air of Eddie Thorpe. He wants another match with Dijak. No ropes. NXT Underground. I thought maybe we would see the return of that, but I just didn't say it. Mm-hmm. So now that we have that confirmed, that NXT Underground will be returning next week. Yeah. Dijak, I believe, accepted, so... Uh, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a hard-hitting matchup. I think that the both of them have a lot of aggression. Uh, and it's going to be a fun, entertaining match for so, uh, for sure. Yeah. Next up, you had Izzy Dame and Kiana James pick up the victory over JC Jane and Thea Hale. Um, I think you definitely needed this match to help establish Izzy Dame more. Mm-hmm. And with everything that's been going on with Chase U... I think it's fine that they lost. Mm-hmm. But Thea Hale, she didn't see that they tagged out and she locked Kiana James in that Kimura and Kiana James tapped out. Thea Hale thought she won and Izzy knocked Thea Hale's head off and picked up the victory off of that. Mm. We also saw Andre Chase gambling with OTM. And then Chase was like, oh, oh, I want a, a match or whatever. Uh, and he challenged OTM to a match. And he told Scripps showed up and he told Scripps that if they win, they get double. If if they lose, they, they just walk out even or whatever. I was kind of difficult on following that. And then OTM was like, well, we want a title match. And the chick that's associated with the family randomly showed up. I, I don't know her name. And... Mm-hmm. She called Tony D'Angelo. I don't know how she was just randomly there to see this happen or to hear them say that they want a favor or whatever, but Tony accepted. So all that's going down, I think, next week as well. Uh, And then Roxanne Perez said that she's not done with uh, Izzy Dame and Kiana James yet. And Ariana Grace said that it's not about wins and losses. And Roxanne Perez ended up slapping her and was like, it is about wins and losses. And, of course, Ariana Grace had that that hilarious selling of the slap. I think she was like, my face, my face. (laughs) I thought that was really funny. 
Yeah, it was a good one. After that, though, we saw Dragon Lee pick up the victory over Charlie Dempsey and Joe Coffey to retain the North American Championship. Drew Gulak's new group is now known as No Quarter Catch Crew, which I think that totally (laughs) rolls off the tongue like Catch Point does. Mm. But uh, Charlie Dempsey ended up stepping up, and right before the match began, Gallus showed up, and Joe Coffey inserted himself into the match, and, and Dragon Lee was like, okay, fine. So I thought it was weird that Coffey tried to do that, but as as long as Dragon Lee was fine with it, I guess I'm fine with it. And I enjoyed mm-hmm. the match. I thought it was good. Yeah. I liked when Dragon Lee went to hit that sunset flip on on Charlie Dempsey to cause a German suplex to to Joe Coffey, but Coffey held on and he lifted up uh, Dragon Lee for a belly to belly, and then also got hit with a German suplex from Charlie Dempsey in that same spot. So I thought that was a cool chain spot there. But Joe Gacy randomly showed up. He was under the ring and he pulled Joe Coffey underneath. So I don't know what what'll happen there. Yeah. I thought that was weird. But uh no quarter catch crew attacked Dragon Lee afterwards and the LWO made the save. So I assume we'll be seeing some sort of six man tag next week. I don't know where Carlito's at. I want to see Carlito return to NXT. Yeah, he's been off TV since that loss. Yeah. But next up, we had Cora Jade. She uh, showed up and took back her locker from Carmen Petrovich. And Gigi Dolan was like, there's only one way to deal with Cora Jade. And she like alluded to, I guess, fighting her. So I assume Carmen will be losing to Cora Jade next week on NXT. Because mm. I don't see Cora Jade losing to Carmen Petrovich. No. After that, though, we saw Tavian Heights pick up the victory over Luca Crucifino to advance in the breakout tournament. Gear-wise, Crucifino's gear makes sense. He's like an attorney or whatever. Heights, for me, is too generic. Mm -hmm. The match was uh, okay. It was a lot of suplexes from from Tavian Heights. And I think the the finish was crazy. The the running, like, spinning belly to belly. I thought that was cool. But Mm. I'm going to need to see so much more from both of them. Yeah. After that, we saw Nikita Lyons pick up the victory over Tatum Paxley. Uh, Paxley got busted open during this, I believe. But uh, Nikita Lyons basically said that she's back for Blair Davenport, but she also wants the championship. And I definitely think that she's improved a lot since we saw her last. But I also I'm, still think that we need to see so much more from Nikita Lyons. I'm not a fan of hers. I don't think that she has what it takes right now. So I'm not a fan. I don't see it. Not a fan of her kicks, anything like that. She's got to keep on training, but I don't think she's ready. Next up, you had Gallus pick up a victory over Hank and Tank. I uh big match. I could, have, I could have done without this match. Yeah. It wasn't bad. I just it was like beyond filler for me. Yeah, they loaded a lot on this episode. Yeah. And then the main event we saw Ilya Dragonoff and Ridge Holland go to a no contest. Which uh I think it it 
really sucks the way it ended because people immediately started trashing Rich Holland when they taped this. I feel like the promo, like we discussed, kind of covered the injuries and everything, so it seemed like they were leaning into it for it to be an angle. Uh-huh. But I just I feel bad for Rich Holland to be in that position to be trashed like that, but maybe he maybe he was fine with that. I have no idea. I don't know why they're doing this angle. I don't think it's necessary at all. Yeah, with everything with Trick Williams and stuff, I don't understand why do this angle with Ridge Holland right now, especially with Dragonoff. It's not elevating Ridge Holland to another level. Uh, and this same maybe, thing yeah, could have... may, like I know he tweeted the thing like, "Oh, this is not who I am," or something. I, I'm sorry. Hope he gets better, or something like that. Yeah, but it could have been done with anybody on the roster. Yeah, but maybe they're gonna have him lead it, like lean into that and like be that character. Like, yeah, I'm gonna mess you up. Yeah, I'm but even still, I, I think. I mean, I'm I'm okay with this storyline. I just feel like Dragunov had everything going into New Year's Evil with Trick Williams. Like, I just I don't know why they would do an injury angle like that. Yeah, but so. they are. Yeah, very much so, and. Uh... We'll have to wait to see what happens with uh, New Year's Evil. I believe it is the 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 episode right after day one mm-hmm. this year. So that's NXT moving over to SmackDown. AJ Styles opened the show. He said that he doesn't give a damn about LA Knight. He doesn't care about Randy Orton. He wants Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. LA Knight came out and said that AJ can have Roman Reigns after he gets him first. But the first person on his list right now is not Roman Reigns, it's AJ Styles. For what AJ Styles did to him last week, Randy Orton came out, basically said the same thing that AJ and LA Knight said. They both want, they all three of them want Roman Reigns. And L.A. Knight said that the bloodline took A.J. Styles out. They took Randy Orton out. They did not take him out. And that's why he should have the next opportunity. To which then led to Nick Aldis coming out and offering up an opportunity for all of them on SmackDown New Year's Revolution taking place in two weeks. It's a triple threat to see who will face Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. First match of the evening saw Bianca Belair, Mia Yim, Shotzi Blackheart, and Zelina Vega pick up the victory over Damage Control. I forgot what the match type was called, um, but this started with a brawl. I didn't realize at first that it was an anything goes sort of situation, but they had Christmas cookies and Christmas everything set up ringside. Made me wish I had Christmas cookies. But Bianca Belair, I thought was really cool. Uh, Her gear, she had uh, Christmas lights in her hair. I thought that was cool. But I did not like a majority of this match that was one-on-one because I thought that was weird. But overall, I thought it was a fun match. We saw the Kabuki Warriors at one point open a present and Isla Dawn was in one of them and then Alba Fire was in the other one and they took the Kabuki Warriors out. And then Mia Yim put Io Sky through a table with a scent on from the top rope to win the match. Io's shoulders were definitely not down. They were on, one of them was on the table at least, but whatever. Uh, it was just nice to see 
Isla Dawn and, and Alba Fire. It's been, I feel like, weeks since we've seen the Unholy Union. So that was nice. After that, Dragon Lee picked up the victory over Butch to retain the NXT North American Championship. I think it's very interesting that Dominic pretty much opened the door for that championship to be on the main roster. And I thought this was a good match. The uh, Canadian Destroyer counter from the bitter end I thought was really cool. Uh, and overall, I, I, I like I said, I enjoyed it. Later on, Butch got into a fight with the uh, Pretty Deadly. And Nick Aldis yelled at him. He said, we don't do this on SmackDown. If you want a match, you have a match. New Year's Revolution. Find a partner. So maybe we're going to see Tyler Bate. And Butch, perhaps. I think that'd be cool. After that, we saw Kevin Owens pick up the victory over Carmelo Hayes to advance in that U.S. title tournament. This was another good match. And much like the North American Championship, I like that we can see people from NXT on Raw and SmackDown sometimes. And even with this loss on SmackDown, Carmelo Hayes has had quite the year. We saw Carmelo counter the pop-up powerbomb with a code breaker. Kevin Owens eventually did hit that pop-up powerbomb. Carmelo Hayes kicked out. That was a surprise. And then Kevin Owens ended up hitting a swanton and a stunner to, to win the actual match. And he shook his hand afterwards. So I thought that was, that was cool. After that, we had a vignette uh, again with Karrion Cross. After last week's video, people started to speculate that Karrion Cross will be reintroduced as the leader of a group with Authors of Pain and Paul Ellering, all based on shadows inside of the video that we saw. This week, he mentioned Authors, and then they're in a flash. You can see it's clear as day, Akam, Rezar, and Paul Ellering. So Authors of Pain officially back with Paul Ellering. Uh, I'm, I'm here for it. If it gets carrying cross used on TV, I think that's, that's, uh, I keep saying cool, but that's what I, for, that's what I feel like it is. After that, Santos Escobar picked up the victory over Lashley to advance in that United States championship tournament. Very kind of very surprised to see Lashley lose this, but I'm glad that he did because Santos Escobar does in some way have an actual claim to a title shot due to him being injured and I don't think ever getting it, but someone ended up showing up in a mask and security tried to remove him. And then another masked man jumped in and they, they took out the street profits. Escobar ends up rolling up Bobby Lashley, pulling the trunks, the tights, and they unmasked to reveal that they are Los Lotharios. This was a tape SmackDown. I'm surprised I didn't see that at all. But now we finally have Los Lotharios back with uh, the main roster, it seems, and with Santos Escobar. Earlier in the night, Roman Reigns had Paul Heyman get Nick Aldis for him, and he questioned Nick Aldis about the, the decision to make that triple threat match for New Year's Revolution. He questioned him about the match with AJ Styles and Solo Sokoa, and he goes, those, are, those ideas are pretty good. But they would have been much better if you ran them by me first since everything goes through me. And he mentioned how 
Adam Pierce was on board with that. Nick Aldis, he was not backing down from Roman Reigns. He's like, I'm not Adam Pierce. I'm, uh, I forget what word he used to describe, to put Adam Pierce down. But he was like, I'm more of a general manager type. And their feud, I would, I would really like to see them have an actual match. I don't think we'll ever get that. But I, I would like to see that. We saw Mia Yim and the Good Brothers meet up with AJ Styles earlier on as well. And they asked if, they were like, oh, we haven't seen you. Are we good? And he's like, I don't know. Are we? And he walked away. So it seems like maybe the Good Brothers and AJ Styles might be parting ways. And then in the main event of SmackDown, you saw AJ Styles pick up the victory over Solo Sokoa via disqualification. AJ Styles wrestled in, I don't want to call him Corporate Kane. Was he called Corporate Kane? I think maybe it was called Corporate Kane in, in that similar gear with the, the black dress pants. That was so weird. But I thought the match was decent. I really liked the phenomenal forearm that was reversed into the Samoan spike that was then reversed into a pin. But AJ Styles eventually did hit the forearm. Roman Reigns showed up and attacked AJ Styles to cause that disqualification. And he showed up while they were doing a replay, like in the little replay window. And I don't know if they've ever, I I don't recall ever seeing outside interference while it's in a replay bubble before. But, uh... Roman Reigns and AJ Styles brawled a little bit. Solo Sokoa joined back in and took AJ Styles down. Randy Orton came out to brawl with them. Jimmy Uso showed up. And then LA Knight finally, to a huge pop, came out. And the three of them brawled with Randy Orton. uh, Not Randy Orton. Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, and Jimmy Uso. Um... LA Knight, though, taking on three of them by by himself at first was was crazy. But AJ Styles ends up yelling at both of uh, LA Knight and, and Randy Orton. Took both of them on. LA Knight ended up on AJ Styles. Randy Orton pulled him off. They ended up brawling. Jimmy and Solo went to go run back into the ring, but Roman Reigns stopped them. And it literally closed with the triple threat that they're hyping up for New Year's Revolution fighting with each other. And I thought that was a good close to SmackDown. I don't know if we're getting another episode of SmackDown next week or if it's a clip show or what, but I'm going to take a quick break right now and I'll be right back here on Marking Out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 672. Hope you enjoyed that. That's uh, my favorite commercial. I uh, redid it. It's the Hershey Kiss commercial. It's fantastic. Literally my favorite commercial. (laughs) Not even that it's like Christmas. It's my favorite commercial ever. But uh, I do digress. I will be moving on to AEW Rampage from last week. That opened up with Orange Cassidy and the Von Erichs, Marshall and Ross picking up the victory over the Not Jericho Appreciation Society. I really kind of wish that the Von Erichs were signed with WWE. 
because I think they'd make a pretty cool hell, uh, tag team in NXT. But I enjoyed this match. It was chaotic, where the ref didn't even like attempt to gain control. And I didn't like the abrupt ending, but uh, overall, I liked it. The Jericho Appreciation Society attacked them afterwards, and then Danhausen got in the ring to stop them, and they surrounded him, and he went to attack. They went to attack, and out came Kevin Von Erich. <laughs> very, very slow. So I even had time to pose. I feel like he should have been ringside from the start. And uh, I feel like Jake Hager could have sold the claw better from Kevin Von Erich. But it was cool to see Kevin Von Erich do that and be on television. After that, Kyle Fletcher and Powerhouse Hobbs picked up the victory over Hunter Gray and Paul Titan. Literally, I mean, there's really nothing to mention from this. At least Titan was a bigger opponent for Hobbs, but Jericho was doing commentary. I don't at all understand him not wanting to beat the ever-loving hell out of the the Don Cows family. For me, that was goofy. And Don Cows spoke afterwards about the Golden Jets, and then he introduced the Don Cows family rules, as in any two members can beat them. But we already have the open house rules from House of Black, so I don't think we need something like this. There's no need for a name. I feel like they could have just been like, oh, I get it. It's like the whole Freebird rules gimmick, but I don't think you need to name it the Don Cow's family rules or whatever. It's just a thing that can exist. But Jericho, to me, I think comes off looking the absolute worst in this segment because he just literally doesn't care about them. And Don Callis is sitting there, in the ring, standing there, trashing Chris Jericho. So that's, to me, that's goofy. After that, we saw Anna Jay pick up the victory over Red Velvet. I liked Anna's gear. I it's, It reminded me of something. I can't for the life of me think what it reminded me of. But the match, eh. There were a bunch of spots where it looked like they were just overthinking and, and not thinking at all. Um... Like, it would seem as if they would get to a spot so early and then they would just wait for it to be time for the spot to be done. So, I don't think this was the best showing for either of them. Matt Menard came out during the match, which was goofy. And I don't think that was needed at all. Uh, After that, Action and Dreddy and Top Flight picked up the victory over Vikingo, Commander, and Penta. This match was absolutely insane. And I think it's absolutely crazy that AEW ran Ring of Honor, a Ring of Honor pay-per-view against this episode with a main event like this. I don't think the main event was as good as people were saying it was. It was being described like a a PWG-esque match, which I completely understand. And surprisingly, for the most part, they respected the rules. At the beginning, at least. I do like that Tony Schiavone called them out when when literally no, nobody knew who the League of Competitors were. But overall, the moves that were done in this match were really cool. And it was a very enjoyable main event for Rampage. 
And I believe they have a trios titles match coming up now. And I completely forgot about the acclaimed. I think they've been off TV for a month with the, the MJF thing. So that kind of sucked. Moving over to AEW Collision, you saw Claudio pick up the victory over Andrade to gain points in the Continental Classic. I enjoyed this match. I thought this was um, almost the first match in the Continental Classic to not have action go to the outside of the ring, but they ended up there. So that streak continues. But Andrade took the turnbuckle pad off, which the referee saw. He still went for the DDT and Claudio held on and Andrade ended up hitting a sunset flip powerbomb off the top rope and I was surprised to see him lose. But it seems like no matter what, I don't think he's in the finals. So that was unfortunate, but after that, Abaddon picked up the victory over Jasmine Allure. This was a pretty quick match. The big thing was... Really, Julia Hart showing up afterwards. And Abaddon attacked her. And then Sky Blue came out. And and they did some doink moves. With Abaddon uh, and and Sky going like... Tilting the same way. Their heads or whatever. And uh, then they attacked Julia Hart. And Thunder Rosa made the save. I think we saw Thunder Rosa when Collision started. And then literally never again since then. Prior to that was August 2022. So it's really nice to have Thunder Rosa back. She's wrestling her first match this week. By the time you probably hear this, you would have already have seen her wrestle. After that, Orange Cassidy picked up the victory over Brian Keith to retain the championship. Much like the TBS championship, I wish we would stop having challengers For the titles who have no victories. Or people who are barely on television. Like Brian Keith is is really entertaining. But unless they're going to have him beat Orange Cassidy for that title. I don't need to see him wrestle a random match for that championship. It just doesn't make sense to me. After that FTR came out. And they spoke about the House of Black. They called them out. House of Black showed up on the screen. And Buddy said that they're not trying to hurt them. They're just trying to show them that nobody will will save them. And then he tried to plant seeds of doubt between FTR, I think. But he said that they want both of them again. And then Malachi Black lit a family photo on fire and Dax took off running. Cash followed suit. That was the end of that. We saw Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale team up and defeat Diamante and Mercedes Martinez in a street fight. And I feel like this match shouldn't have taken place so quickly. I think they could have built to this like more, but this was chaotic. Willow had a bottle broken over her head in like the first minute and she was bleeding from that. Diamante got busted open. Um, Definitely a few spots in this that I didn't like. At one point, Chris Statlander was just standing there putting chairs in the ring. And literally right behind her, Mercedes Martinez and Diamante were were beating the hell out of Willow. Literally right behind her. And and it led to Chris Statlander being attacked. So for me, that made no sense because she saw what was going on. 
I think the briefcase spot was kind of goofy. It took way too long to pull off. I don't mind the thumbtacks, but and I guess there was broken glass as well. But I just think the setup, it just wasn't all there for me. Willow ended up being powerbombed off of the, the apron through a table, though. And Chris Satlander hit a lariat on Diamante when her arm was wrapped in a chain. And she pinned Diamante. Mercedes Martinez just stood there. I didn't get that. But, like I said, this was a chaotic match. Very enjoyable. Not something we see every day with the women. After that, Brian Cage picked up the victory over Carrie Wright. Collision, I think, always having two meaningless enhancement matches is already old for me. But Keith Lee showed up after the match during an interview. Him and Swerve, I guess, is not over. For me, that's a feud that should have ended in 2022. And it looks like it's going into 2024. World's End the earliest, maybe. So, that's unfortunate. Uh, Eddie Kingston, after that, picked up the victory over Daniel Garcia to gain points in the Continental Classic. This was probably the best match on Collision. And I'm glad that Daniel Garcia didn't win. I still feel like Eddie should have been in the finals, given that both of his titles are part of the prize. So it sucks that he's not part of that. So maybe Eddie looks kind of stupid for putting those titles on the line. He's already pre-lost the titles and they haven't even changed hands yet. Main event saw Daniel Bryan. Bryan Danielson pick up the victory over Brody King to gain points in the Classic. Bryan got busted open. Uh... Brody kicking out of the flying knees at one point was very surprising. Especially since they were pretty far into the match. The inside cradle reversal from the powerbomb I think looked awkward. But Brian hit the knees I think it was three more times to pick up the victory. Including the last one to the back of Brody King's head. So it took a lot to chop him down. And Brian got those points. Moving over to AEW, Dynamite had opened up with Swerve picking up the victory over Roosh to gain points in the Classic. That tied him with John Boxley, uh, but this match started off right away. They didn't even do the opening. They, they had entrances, went right into the match, went right into the action, and I thought the match was pretty good. I didn't really like the selling of the injuries throughout the match because it, it didn't look pristine maybe I don't know that's a weird way to say it but overall it made sense but I feel like it could have been more on the nose perhaps after that Chris Jericho addressed uh, Kenny Omega's injury and then nothing was said about World's End as far as a replacement match so I'm not sure what's going to happen with Big Bill and Ricky Starks but again it's very unfortunate that Kenny Omega is out with diverticulitis because that could be very serious. So, like I said last week, hopefully he makes a full recovery. We saw Mark Briscoe pick up the victory over Jay Lethal. Neither of them could move on, but I guess Mark Briscoe finally got points in this tournament. Um, 
the match cut out at the beginning of this and and dynamite cut out at the beginning as well and they've been having problems with that for some reason i wish that would stop happening i i think that's pretty much a, a tbs problem but uh i thought it was a fun match for mark briscoe and it definitely would have been super annoying if mark didn't get one victory in this whole tournament and i still think he should have won that first match of his but for some reason, they they chose to have this be the only match where he gets points. And then Jay Lethal, who I'm fine with having no points, ends up with no points. After that, Samoa Joe came out. He wants answers. He said every time someone speaks about the devil, they get shown being attacked. But MJF was just shown laid out. So he's starting to wonder if it was MJF. And then MJF came out and said that Joe promised to keep him 100% healthy until world's end. And that clearly wasn't true. Because he ended up attacked. MJF came out, by the way, didn't look like he was attacked at all. He wasn't limping or anything. He just looked completely normal. And MJF said that he got laid out, but the goons surrounded the ring with Samoa Joe and did not attack Samoa Joe. So MJF is kind of planting seeds like, oh, maybe you're the devil. And MJF said that he can end Joe's world right then and there. He ends up pushing Samoa Joe and then a bunch of masked men try to jump them. A ton of them. To the point that there's there's absolutely 0% that we're getting like even half of them unmasked. There's no way that that is going to continue to be the group. But the devil appeared on the screen and very, very goofy. He doesn't care about the AEW World Championship. He cares about the Ring of Honor tag team titles. What? And Samoa Joe accepted that for a match to be next week. So it's MJF and Samoa Joe versus two goons for the titles, the Ring of Honor titles. So now it's starting to feel like it's probably the kingdom. Big Ring of Honor team. Why would anyone care about the Ring of Honor tag team titles over the AEW championship? Backstage later on, MJF found a mask on the ground outside the Mogul Embassy's locker room. He yelled at Prince Nana and then Swerve showed up. They went back and forth and MJF basically said, Swerve is the devil. Which uh, Swerve basically said no. And I think this was a really good backstage segment, probably one of the best segments that they've ever done as far as backstage stuff goes in AEW. Samoa Joe is part of it. Uh, Very well done. After that, Riho picked up the victory over Soraya. Tony Storm did commentary. A random security guard got involved in preventing Riho from doing a move to Soraya, which made absolutely no sense. I, I didn't get that at all. They spent way too much time outside of the ring for, I feel like the only reason for was to kill time. And as far as the match goes, it wasn't so good. I didn't really enjoy this match. And Rio, the face, attacked Tony Storm afterwards. Why? How does that make sense? It's not like Tony was even pushing buttons or anything. And Mariah May made the save, so... I think 
it should be Riho versus Mariah in the first match of hers. As far as the pay-per-view goes, why would you not do... I know you did Soraya versus Tony Storm already, but why would you not do Soraya versus Tony Storm again? It's a pay-per-view, a huge pay-per-view match at the Nassau Coliseum where Soraya's last match in WWE took place. She was injured in that arena. And I think that's the obvious choice for a pay-per-view match. After that, Roderick Strong picked up the victory over Commander. This was just a random match that Roderick Strong controlled the majority of. There was no way Commander was winning this. And Roderick Strong, the main focus again was him calling MJF the devil. And he told Samoa Joe to wake up. And at this point, if Roderick Strong does end up in the group with the devil, to me, it's just goofy. Because he spent weeks saying, MJF, you're the devil, you're the devil. And meanwhile, we all think that Roderick Strong is in that group. As well as the kingdom. Maybe they could spin it where it's not Roderick Strong in the group. The Kingdom will be in the group with Adam Cole or somebody. But Roderick Strong was left out and then Roddy's like, well, what what the hell, man? I thought we were friends. And it's like jokes on him and then they attack him or something. That I'd be fine with. Because he literally spends every single week and we think that he's in the group. So to me, I don't like that. Main event saw Jay White pick up the victory over John Moxley to gain points. Jim Ross returned for this. It was nice to hear him back on commentary. Um, and then Jay White tied John Moxley. And the match to me was flat out boring. Jay White used the chair behind the referee's back after distracting the referee with the chair. I just, I couldn't care less. Jay White literally cannot hold one of the three titles where that you get in this tournament. So for him to be this close to the, the actual finals of the match, it makes absolutely no sense. And Dynamite ended with Swerve coming out. There's going to be a triple threat, Swerve, Mox, and, and Jay White. And then Jay White attacked John Moxley from behind and the camera missed it. So I would have much rather have had Jay Lethal get a victory in this tournament than have Jay White get any victories. It it just still, it makes absolutely no sense for him to have the victories. Sure, you're building him up, but also, like I said, he can't win the match. He can't win the title. So... That's AEW Dynamite. Hey, Brandon. Got any shout-outs? Hey, old Kermit the Frog here, and you're listening to Brandon's shout-outs. Yay! Colin from Accounts gets the first shout-out. The show came out in December last year, but in Australia where it's set, and it just dropped on Paramount Plus in in the United States in November. And all the episodes are out now, so you could check that out. But Harriet Dyer and Patrick Brummel, star, they wrote and star in it. I believe they're also married. But they're both brought together after a car accident and an injury to a dog. 
and then they deal with that, the ups and downs and everything. I very much so enjoyed this show. It's renewed for a second season. I think it's filming right now. I just hope that we don't have to wait for it to be out in Australia first to then have it be here. Yeah. Because I can understand that. I mean, December last year and it first drops in the United States in November. Come on. I really don't want to wait like <laughs> that long for the show. And I didn't even know that that Dyer was Australian. I knew her from American Auto, which unfortunately was canceled in June. But you could check this out on Paramount+. Plus. My next shout out goes to Lego Fortnite which launched last week, and I think it's a pretty cool mode that they added to Fortnite. They said that it's not going away. It's here to stay. You can play the Battle Royale. You can play this. They also added uh, racing and um, uh, like Guitar Hero-esque gimmick, which I'm awful at. Mm-hmm. I, I never played Guitar Hero. I never played Rock Band. I get super dizzy playing that mode. So that kind of sucks. Love, this- I always love uh, Guitar Hero. I'm awful at it. I Like the, this version, at least. I, I never played the other version. I always thought it was so goofy. Uh-huh. But uh, this Lego Fortnite, I think, is pretty cool. I, I'm told that it's similar to Minecraft. It's what I would have assumed Minecraft was. But it's all mm-hmm. Lego, and they look like Lego. When you break stuff, they fall like Lego. And I think that's pretty cool. But I wish they would let you customize your character. Because not all of the skins transfer over to Lego. Like Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, John Cena, The Rock's Black Adam, even my my Tom Holland Spider-Man, they don't. So they're just like generic characters. They do have a Spider-Man one, but you have to own that Spider-Man skin. Mm-hmm. It's just not the, the Tom Holland version. So I wish they would let you have specific to that mode a character that you could go in there and like use Lego parts to create like with for free, not, not charging people V bucks or anything to, to make a custom Lego character. I want to be able to have like, you choose the head, you choose the eyes, the face, the, the features, the outfit and, and have it like, like pick random things like, like an actual Lego that you could, that you can make. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, and it seems like cool. they're gonna they're gonna add to it. So hopefully, maybe they'll add that. I, given how much they're charging for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff, I don't see them uh, adding any some any sort of feature like that. But I'm enjoying Lego Fortnite, and that's a, a weird statement from my mouth, but I will stand by it. My last shout out is a Christmas movie. It's the last Christmas movie getting a shout-out before Christmas. It's Dashing Through the Snow. It came out a month ago on Disney+. Plus. It stars Lil Rel Howery and Ludacris. And Luda's a social worker. He helps Lil Rel's character. Uh, Luda thinks Lil Rel's delusional, but he's actually Santa Claus. Uh, Oscar Nunez is in it. He's a crooked politician. And the two of them team up to basically take Nunez's character down and... It's really just all about restoring Ludacris's character's faith in Christmas. And I think it's much better than the reviews. And I think it has everything that you would want from a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Like a family Christmas movie. So it's on Disney Plus, probably Hulu too at this point. I'm not sure. They've merged. So it's weird seeing mm-hmm. like SmackDown on Disney Plus now. 
But check out Dashing Through the Snow. Those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for our... Our... That is right, our mark out moment of the week. I'm sure you have like some mark out moments. I would say I marked out for Mel Brooks being brought up in spam a lot. I marked out for a video I saw earlier today uh, on Instagram Reels that featured Damien Sandow uh, randomly. Um, and that may be it. What well, about you? for me, on uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers, they had Jeremy Allen White to discuss the Iron Claw and him playing Kerry Von Erich. And I think it's always cool to hear wrestling talked about outside of wrestling. Uh, it's just kind of goofy to me to hear people who normally like take jabs at wrestling and stuff now have to put it over. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But something I also marked out for, they finally released, or they released, uh, not finally, I didn't think this was ever going to happen. They released Real Husbands of Hollywood, More Kevin, More Problems on Netflix this week. And the series itself, which was Real Husbands of Hollywood, wrapped in 2016. And in 2021, they announced a revival of it. And I was super pumped for that. And then they were like, oh, the revival's going to be on BET Plus. And I'm like, brother, what the hell's BET Plus? I don't have that. So I was very disappointed because I'm such a big fan of, of that show. And I didn't have the platform. So I'm happy that they released it on, on Netflix. And in the very first episode, The Rock is mentioned. And um, I pop for that. He's mentioned throughout the season. He's not actually on. He's pictured. But, uh, and then there's also a wrestling episode later on, and I thought that was cool. And if you've not watched Real Husbands of Hollywood, it's like Curb Your Enthusiasm, but it's it's Kevin Hart's life, basically. So, heightened, like, versions of him and everyone else, like uh, Nick Cannon, Robin Thicke, J.B. Smoove, Nelly, to name a few. So, mm. I, I'm such a fan of that show. I marked out over The Rock being on it. I marked out over being able to finally watch this the season. So hopefully we get more of that. Those are really the mark out moments, I guess. And that was episode 672. I hope everybody here enjoys their Christmas. I hope everybody enjoys all their holidays. Uh, you could follow us on Twitter at MarkinOut. At BTTG161 on both platforms, Chris Sweendog, CM Sweeney85, David PTDPT, Facebook.com slash out, YouTube and Instagram is out 11 ProWrestlingTees.com slash out at out on TikTok. You can listen, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, MarkingOut.com as well, and we wish you... The the best of best luck. of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic.
fantastic week. And a Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Evening. Or morning. Day. Or afternoon. Day. I don't know. Something, something like, like that. that. Whenever you listen to the show.